Thanks for your company here on 4BC Drive. It's uh, 27 minutes to four. Now, we're really into the pointy end of the political race to next month's local government elections in just under four weeks. We're going to head to the polls to vote in who we think should become Brisbane's next Lord Mayor. And it's a really interesting voting system we have here in South East Queensland, or in Queensland for that matter, when it comes to local government elections, optional preferential. And we'll get to this shortly with Lord Mayor Schrinner, but... Is there a cosy deal going on between the Greens and the Labor Party? Still plenty to weigh up before we all make a decision. So I've invited Lord Mayor Adrian Schrinner onto 4BC Drive uh, with me to go through some of the contentious talking points of this council election campaign. Lord Mayor, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure, Gleeser. Red top bins. This has been an issue for about a year. Tracy Price's Labor says it wants household organic waste collection mandatory which will likely mean fortnightly red top bin collections rather than weekly. Can they actually do that? And are they able to afford that? Well, it's a really good question. I think this is the big sleeper of the election. Um, It's not something that a lot of people are attuned to at the moment, uh, but people do need to realise that the Labor Party have proposed a major shake-up of the way that waste is treated in Brisbane. And what that will mean is a reduction in the red top bin collection from fortnightly to weekly uh, because they want to bring in a weekly green top bin collection, but they've announced no way of paying for that. And so we know that in other councils that are controlled by Labor and the Greens in interstate, so in Sydney and Melbourne, that's how they funded it. They funded a weekly green top service by cutting the red top bin to fortnightly. Now, that caused a lot of stir in Sydney and Melbourne, as you would expect, can you imagine in our subtropical climate, hmm. the nappies, the prawn heads, everything else that goes into the red top bin, all of those things sitting there and festering for a fortnight? Adrian, I actually heard or sorry, read a story of a Western Sydney council where some, um, some mothers were being forced to actually put their used nappies into freezers to ensure that they didn't rot like that. So if the red bins get collected less frequently... How, and, and basically that means that rotting rubbish on the streets of Brisbane becomes more frequent, doesn't it? Oh, look, it, it just would not work in a Brisbane context in this subtropical climate. They haven't explained how they will pay for it. So the only assumption that we can make is that they'll do what the other Labor Green councils have done elsewhere. And, you know, this is not a theory. It's happening in other places. And so to, to deliver a weekly green bin collection would cost an extra $25 million a year. And they haven't explained how they'll pay for that. So we can only make the assumption, red top bin gets the cut. Question without notice. My good colleague, uh, Sophie Formica, has asked uh, if I could ask you this question. Curbside collection, what happens with those items on the curbside? Are they segregated? Are they thrown all into landfill? How does it work? So this is actually uh, a great example of, the community doing the recycling. So you put something out on the curb that you no longer need or you believe someone else might want. And I mean, you've, you've seen it literally within hours, it'll yeah. get collected. All the good stuff will go. Um, so we estimate anywhere up to 60% of what's put on the curb gets taken before our trucks come along. Wow. And so, you know, what, what is left over, most of that goes into landfill, but the, the vast majority of it gets recycled by other people and reused. I want to talk congestion and transport. Tracy Price, the Labor candidate, says she wants to put funding back into the Lindham level crossing and make bus fares half price. And she says that you cut funding for that crossing 
to pay for the Brisbane Metro services on the north side. What's your response? Well, that's just not the case at all. The The only delay to the Lindham Crossing project was the federal government's 90-day review. Remember that? Yes. Um, which turned out to be a 200-day review. So that was the delay. Our funding always remained in place. Our funding was always on the table. It was only the federal government funding that was in question. Now, that funding's been confirmed and so the project is safe. It's going ahead with the support of all three levels of government. So it's very mischievous uh, to be saying these things. They're just not true. Greens uh, candidate, uh, the Lord Mayoral candidate, Jonathan Shree, uh, today the Courier Mail ran, uh, it said correction. Um, the Sunday Mail ran the Greens policies and they included the fact that um, under the Greens, speed limits in the city would drop to 30 kilometres an hour in most streets. Now, the correction today said, no, that only applies to six streets. What's your take on that? Well, when Jonathan Shree was a councillor uh, for about six or seven years, uh, I remember the debate we had in the council meeting, and it's on the public record, you can see the minutes of the meeting, where he proposed that the 30k an hour limit should apply to all residential streets across the entire city. It's, he, he voted for it, he put forward the motion, and now he's trying to back down from that. As you pointed out, he's a bit of a smooth operator. He's he's sort of backing away from some of those more controversial things. But that's what he believes. He believes that all residential streets should be 30 k's an hour. He said it. It's on the record. And, you know, he's, he's, he's being quite slippery these days. Um, he's stopped wearing the, the scarf. Uh, he's trying to clean up his image a bit. But the reality is this guy's a radical. His, his views and policies are very extreme. And, you know, he'll say certain things in the lead up to the, to the election, but he has a long record of saying what he really thinks. And I believe the Jonathan Shree um, several years ago when he wasn't running for mayor, that's, you know, he, he was very clear he wanted all residential streets to be 30 k's an hour. You're about roads, rates and rubbish. The Labor candidate and the Greens candidate are putting out a plethora, and I mean a suite, of, of uh, promises that are costing a lot of money. Where, where are they going to get the money to fund this sort of stuff from? Well, that's the thing. They simply won't have the money to fund all of the big promises that they're making. We are in a cost of living crisis at the moment. And this is not the election for big spending promises. We've been very modest and responsible with our commitments. Uh, that will continue on because we know we need to keep rates low. That, that is the important thing. Keep rates low, and that then flows onto rents as well. So it benefits renters and ratepayers. We're seeing the Greens promise, for example, you know, a $6 billion light rail line across the Story Bridge. Uh, we're seeing the Labor Party saying they'll halve fares, even though it's the state government that sets the fares and collects all the fare revenue. So that would essentially mean if, if the Labor Party wants to halve the fares, Brisbane ratepayers would have to pay hundreds of millions of dollars each year to the Labor State government to subsidise those fares. Uh, so, you know, they say it's free. Well, they say it's half price, but ratepayers end up paying in the end. I saw last week there's talk of the state government permanently increasing Suncorp Stadium's major events and concerts cap to allow up to 12 events each calendar year. Would you support that push? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. There's demand for it. The main thing is just doing that consultation with the local community to get the community on board. Um, you know, we've obviously had this in place since COVID. Um, there's been a lift in the number that have occurred. And I think in the main, it's gone pretty well and been well received. There's huge demand. And if we don't do this, then we keep missing out on major concerts to interstate as well. 
I think people would prefer to see something here in Brisbane rather than having to fly to Melbourne or Sydney for these major events. Now, Lord Mayor, I, I know you've kept abreast of youth crime and I know it's a state issue, um, but uh, the Mayor of Townsville, uh, Jenny Hill, who's also, I think she's the LGAQ chairman or chairman-elect, she's pretty high up there, she believes that minimum mandatory sentencing for repeat offenders is the way to go. Uh, both the Miles government has categorically do- uh, ruled it out, but but Christopher Foley still says it's on the table and he'll have more to say about that in the lead up to the election. Where do you sit on minimum mandatory sentencing for repeat offenders? Well, obviously it's not something that councils can bring in, but personally I support it. I think that uh, the government is too soft on crime. There are too few consequences for crime, particularly youth crime. And, you know, we're all paying the price for that. I think a tougher approach, there has to be consequences here. And so I think, you know, Jenny Hill is making some sense on this issue. And certainly there's a lot of things that need to be tightened up because in the end, people deserve to be safe in their communities, deserve to be safe in their home. And at the moment, they're not. You saw in the paper today, the the reports on how many people felt unsafe in their communities. It's a major concern. And Labor's been soft on crime. The Greens aren't just soft on crime. They encourage people to break into houses and squat. They encourage people to steal from supermarkets. And so, you know, this is a slippery slope. Um, Your predecessor, Graham Quirk, is currently compiling a report that will be looking into venues for the Brisbane Olympic Games and in particular what's happening at the Gabba, Mm. whether it should be demolished and rebuilt. It'll be out in about a month's time. The Premier has already indicated very strongly that uh, he believes that uh, uh, there isn't a community appetite for that project. You've said on, um, I think it was Bill's show, uh, dead, cremated, buried. Um, What happens if that is the case and and Miles accepts a recommendation from Quirk that uh, we shouldn't proceed with the Gabba? What do we then need to do to ensure that we have, you know, the best possible Olympic Games in 2032, particularly when it comes to the opening and closing ceremonies and the athletics? Well, I actually appreciate this discussion that's been going on at the moment about making sure that if we're going to do it, we do it well. But, of course, it's got to be the lasting legacy for the community. Um, You know, we don't want to just pay for the world's four-week party. We want there to be a lasting legacy and we want there to be value for money as well. So I am really confident that Graham Quirk is the right man to do this job. Um, He's taking it seriously. Uh, He's had a very long and distinguished career in local government for 34 years. So he he gets the different issues and challenges. He also gets that transport is the number one priority, better transport and, and infrastructure. So I guess there's two ways of looking at it. If if we aren't rebuilding the Gabba, then either we have to have another stadium that can hold a similar number of people or we have to do things a different way, um, such as the Paris opening ceremony where instead of doing it in a stadium, they do it along the river. That could be another option. And so, you know, I've suggested before we should have a look at that because if, if you are building peak stadium capacity just for one event... Um, then maybe there's a different way to do it. You could have 100, 200,000 people lining the Brisbane River all benefiting from the opening ceremony rather than just the number that you can fit into one stadium. Yeah. So you know, th- there's, there's different ways of looking at things. Before we go, 
Um, are you expecting on election day when the Greens and the Labor Party hand out their how, how to votes that it'll be um, the LNPU last on the ticket? Well, they've said that, and I think we'll get that confirmed really soon. Um, the nominations for the elections have closed. The they're, they're denying Corbyn. a deal as such. Well, <laughs> the reality is they're preferencing each other. That's a deal. Um, and, and so whatever they say, they're giving preference to, pre- pre- preferences to each other. And I might have mentioned uh, on, on this station before, the Brisbane federal electorate, um, the Greens got 27% of the vote in the federal election uh, in 2022, yet they got elected. So with 27% of the first preference vote, there is a Green federal MP in the parliament now on Labor preferences. Correct. And so that's what can happen. Happened in Maywa. They're, they're doing the deals. It's quite clear. But you'll be able to see it when the ballot papers come out and the how to vote cards come out. And that will happen on or around the 4th of March. So by the 4th of March, you'll have the concrete evidence that they've done the deal to preference each other because that's when the, the how to vote cards will come out. Lord Mayor Adrian Schinner, uh, really appreciate your time uh, on 4BC Drive. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Gleeson.